we're looking at mercy, and it's such a big word. It's such a, an important word for us in our relationship with Christ because it means so much. And today, we're looking at our need to be all in as Christians when it comes to serving God because of the mercy that we have received, He has already given us. I've learned that one of my greatest joys comes from being used by God for purposes greater than myself. And I know that some of you have discovered that by serving God here and, and you lead others closer to Jesus or by serving maybe the homeless in Long Beach or maybe our sister churches, our serve teams in the Philippines and Mexico, you find that there is this genuine joy that comes from being used by God that, frankly, you really can't get from anything else. And if you haven't experienced this, I just want to share with you this morning that you're missing out. Because God made you to make a difference, and when you let God use you, there is this joy that fills you, and this, in your inner being, there's this inner joy that, that frankly, nothing can take it away, and most importantly, again, that you can't get anywhere else. Because frankly, if you think this morning that your whole purpose or your whole reason for existing and, and being alive is that, you know, what they teach us growing up is that you're supposed to grow up, get an education, then you go to the job where the job is going to help you find, buy this, this wonderful house, this home, and then you're going to fill your home with a bunch of stuff, and then you're going to retire and you're going to, you know, hit this little white ball around with a stick. If you think that that's your whole reason for existing, I, I just want to tell you this morning that that's absolutely wrong. We were all made for much more than that. You know, the bottom line is this, that because of God's mercy, no matter how bad you failed or how often you're failed, or how long you felt God at a distance, and you pursued your own desires and your own interests and your own pleasures, God can and will use you. Folks, because God can use anybody. We're going to hear about how he used Paul, but I want to tell you personally in my life, if God can use me, he can use anybody. I'm not just saying that, I really mean it. The Bible says in Romans, give yourselves completely to God, Every part of you, because you've been bought, brought from death to life, and now you want to be used by God for good and for His righteous purpose. And, and this is so important for us this morning because there's many of us. I was there. Sometimes I'm still there. There's, there's so many people that feel that God cannot use them. They either feel like they're disqualified or unqualified. But again, I want to share with you this morning that that's absolutely wrong. Because if you simply just look at the life of Paul in the New Testament and you read all of his stories and everything that he wrote about and wrote about himself, you're, you're going to find that his life alone reveals that God can use anybody. Because when you go through his history, not one person other than Jesus, of course, has been used by God more than the Apostle Paul, more than St. Paul. He proclaimed Christ throughout the entire Roman Empire. He planted churches everywhere, multiple churches. He was a busy guy. He prepared the disciples of Jesus so that they could lead those churches. He trained them. He penned. He, he wrote about over half of the New Testament. Yet Paul, we learn in the Bible that his past wasn't all that good. So listen, like Paul, and because of God's mercy, which is what we're talking about today, because of God's mercy, you are called to a ministry. In spite of your past, and even your present, God has chosen you to give you, just like Paul, mercy and kindness and forgiveness. God has chosen to give you, like Paul, a ministry 
One that's going to fill you with joy. God has chosen to give you, like Paul, something to do that is beyond you. The Bible says that God in his mercy has given us ministry and work to do. That's why we do not become discouraged and never give up. Now, I know that this word ministry is kind of an intimidating word. You know, it's kind of challenging sometimes like, whoa, ministry, that, that's a big word. But don't, don't let it intimidate you. It just means that you use your talents and your gifts and your resources to help somebody else. Somebody else that God's going to put in front of you or that God's going to put in your heart. And when you do that, you are ministering to that person or that group of people. You are being God's hands and feet to meet the needs of that person. So God has given you, you know, some skills and some gifts and talents and resources, and he wants you to use it for a ministry. And he will, if you are willing, he will give you a ministry and has a ministry for you. One that will help others and one that would fill your heart with joy as you do. Because all of us here this morning were created to make a contribution in life. I mean, we, we really weren't, weren't made just to take up space. Think about it. And that means that no matter what you've done, once you come to Christ for forgiveness, he has mercy on you, and then he forgives you. Then he begins to direct you towards a ministry that he has for you, just like he did for the Apostle Paul. Except that, unlike the Apostle Paul, most of you, as far as I know, haven't been as bad as Paul, right? Paul was a bad guy. I mean, before he was a preacher and a church planter, he was a persecutor of Christians. Before he was this man of God that we read about in the Bible, he was a murderer, the Bible says. This is what Paul says about himself in Galatians. He says, you know what I was like, how I violently persecuted Christians. I did my best to get rid of them, but then something happened. For it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me, even before I was born. What undeserved mercy, he says. Listen, the same mercy, that same mercy that God gave to Paul, he wants to give to you if you just receive it. And it's that same ministry that he gave to Paul, he wants to give to you as well. And this is so important for us because oftentimes we think it's like, you know, it's too late in life. I have this past. I can't do this. Again, we feel, we feel we're unqualified or disqualified. But, but let me remind you, some of you think that you've wasted too much time. Well, remember that God didn't use Abraham till he was 90. Some of you think, you know, I, I've been a chronic liar all my life. Well, God used Jacob, one of the most chronic liars there was. You say, well, I'm not attracted like others. Of course, this doesn't apply to any of you. But God used Leah. And can you believe the Bible says that she was not at all attractive? Some of you think that I've been abused or abandoned. But God used Joseph. Read a story. It's amazing how God used him in spite of all that abuse and abandonment. Some of you think that you can't be used by God because you don't have the resources. You're not wealthy. But read the story of poor Gideon and how God used him. You know, so Samson was strong, but he was reckless, and yet God used him. We know from the Bible that Rahab was a prostitute, and we also know that God used her, didn't he? Jonah was fearful, hiding from God, and yet God used him. Elijah, hear this, was suicidal, and God used him. Naomi was an old widow, and we know that God used her in amazing ways. 
Jeremiah was chronically depressed, and yet God used him. David, this man we hear about in the Bible, was an amazing man of God, yet he was at some point immoral and a a murderer. And we know that God used him. Peter, oh, good old Peter, he had anger issues. He just stood up every time somebody, he confronted everybody all the time. He had anger issues, and we know that God used him in amazing ways. Zacchaeus was a scam artist, and yet God used him. Timothy was very timid, and yet God used him. And you think that God can't redeem you and use you? Listen, every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Because the Bible says, let that sink in for a second. The Bible says that it is God himself who has made us what we are, and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in what? Helping others. So because of God's mercy, you've been called to a ministry, but you're also called to be you. Because nobody can be you better than you can be you, right? You're not called to be anybody else. God made you specifically the way you are, and he wants you to be you. And I I remember personally, I came to Canyon Hills a long time ago, and when I started preaching and I started getting hints from a few people saying, hey, you should listen to this pastor and look at his delivery, and you should, you know, this guy's so dynamic. And and for a while, I I tried to imitate some of the things that we're doing and some of the things that we're saying, and and then God just convicted me and said, hey, you're Carlos, born in Juarez, just be you. So ever since, I try to be you, and I think I, I am me, I guess. The point is that don't try to be somebody else. Instead, try to be the best you possible because it pleases God when you take what he gave you and you make it the best that you can, the best way that you can use it for him, for his glory, especially to help others. We're talking about Paul this entire way. And then again, Paul again says in 2 Corinthians, we don't try to trick anyone. We don't twist the word of God. Instead, we teach the truth plainly, showing everyone who we really are. Then they can know in their hearts what kind of people we are in God's sight. This is what he's saying, folks. He's saying, be real, be you, and don't try to trick anyone. So because of God's mercy, you've been called to just be you, whoever you is. And you're also called to promote Jesus. And it's important, again, to remember that because this life, it's a little newsflash this morning, is not about you and me. This life is about promoting Jesus. It's not about promoting yourself. It's about promoting Jesus. And the Bible tells us that you're going to get promoted to greater blessings, greater things, and prosperity, more than you can imagine or ask for in heaven. But here on earth, it's all about Jesus and his purposes, not you. And if you forget that, and sometimes we do, sometimes I forget that. And when we do, when we have problems and when those big storms of life come, we're going to become bitter because it's all about us. And when we forget that, when we have blessings, we're going to think we created those, and it's going to create pride. I mean, think about it for a second. What, What is the message that you are promoting on this earth? What is the message that you are promoting here and now today, or as you walk out of these doors in your workplace with your family? What is that message that you are promoting? What is the message that you want to leave your kids when you are gone? Is it a message of, hey, divide, conquer, achieve, gain? 
Or is it it's son, daughter, it's, it's all about him. It doesn't matter what we go through. We need to focus on him and him alone. Then everything else follows. What message are you promoting? Because Paul says, our message is not about ourselves. It's about Jesus Christ as the Lord. We are merely your servants of, for Jesus' sake. Folks, this tells us this life is not about being promoted. It's about promoting Jesus. The question again is, are you using your life to do that? And if so, how are you using your life to do that? Because that's how God wants us to use our lives. Again, the Bible says that we are like these clay jars in which treasures is stored. The real power comes from God and not from us. So he tells us, the scripture tells us that God gives you mercy and then he fuels you like this clay jar with this power so that you can do the ministry that he has created you to, to do and called to do in this life. It is a ministry that promotes Jesus to others. So because of God's mercy, you are called to promote Jesus and you are called to serve others. Isn't that amazing how just because of that mercy, he just kind of has this line that just follows each other. We're all called to serve others. You are called to go beyond yourself and to use all of yourself to serve others. Use all of these things. And listen, all of these things from the good and the bad and the ugly, and you use all of that to help others in need. You use even the painful things in your life, the things that you're ashamed of, the things that you're hurt the most of or for. You use all of those things to help others who are going through the same things. Because that is exactly what Paul did. I mean, listen to what Paul writes about himself in 2 Corinthians. This is what he says, and I don't think any of us can really relate to this, but we can relate to the fact that we ourselves go through a lot of heartache and hardship and a lot of different things that we didn't plan in life. This is what he says. He says, I've been in prison. I've been flogged. I've been exposed to death again and again. I have received five times 39 lashes. Anybody here ever received lashes? At least that many. I've been beaten with rods. I've been stoned, shipwrecked three times. I have been adrift in the open sea. I have been in danger crossing rivers. I have been in danger from bandits and my own countrymen. I have been in danger in the city, in the country, and at sea. I have been in danger from false brothers who betrayed me. I have gone without sleep, I have gone without food, I have gone without water, and I have been cold and naked. And we think we have problems? I mean, do you and I think we have a reason for not serving others? Folks, like Paul, you can use what you've been through to help others who are going through it the same thing. Like Paul, you can hang in there in spite of how hard it may be because of what it does for God and others. Paul says again in 2 Corinthians that we often suffer, but we are never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we are knocked down, we get up again. No matter what you have experienced, keep getting up, using it to help others. Paul goes on to write that all of these sufferings are for Ours are, are, are for your benefit, and the more of you who are one to Christ, the more there are to thank him for his great mercy, and the more God gets the glory. 
This kind of suffering that Paul is talking about here is called redemptive suffering. It is a suffering for the benefit of others. We know that there's all kinds of suffering. One of them is, you know, the kind of suffering that we bring to ourselves, that we make poor decisions, and as a result of that, it causes our suffering. We know that there's a kind of suffering that is innocent suffering, the kind of suffering that when we're hurt by somebody else, but none of it was our fault. And then we have this kind of suffering. This kind of suffering is called a redemptive suffering, that we choose to put up with the pain and the problems in order to help others. Because that is exactly what Jesus did for you and me. And that is what he is calling you and me to model. Not the cross part, not to be, you know, hung on the cross, but to bear the crosses of life, the pains of life. And when we keep getting knocked down, we get back up again, and and we use what we've gone through to help others in need. He bore that cross for our sake, and that's what he wants us to do for others as well. I mean, that's the, the, the entire reason why this church, Canyon Hills, is still effective. That is the same reason why we keep making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the whole reason why we have these four core values that you see on those walls. That is the same reason why we're still doing it. We're not doing it for our benefit. We are doing it for the benefit of others. We're not doing the, 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 think about it, we don't do all this work like fall carnivals and Christmas musicals and Easter egg hunts and secret Bible studies and camps and church plants and women's desserts and, you know, serve teams over to Mexico and the Philippines. We don't do these things just for our benefit. We do these things because there's other people that need to hear the same word of Christ that most of you have already heard. That should be our sole reason for existence so that others who haven't heard the, the, you know, the great news of Christ would have an opportunity to hear it. That's why we do all of that outreach. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us an immeasurable great glory that will last forever. Folks, this is Paul again, and he's saying that even though we've got problems and our bodies are getting weaker, that God is renewing our spirits. So we'll just keep on serving God and serving others because our eternal glory, meaning our reward, is coming and it will last forever. So because of God's mercy, you are called to serve others, but you're also called to eternity. And that's why we're here, right? We all want to be in heaven. And in this life, this couldn't be more timely than it is in our culture today, in our political arena, in our election. We have to keep, folks, we have to keep an eternal perspective. We have to know that this life on this earth is not all there is. Because that way, if we don't know this, if we lose sight of that, we're going to get overwhelmed when problems come. And the more you understand what's waiting for you, in heaven, the less you're going to be bothered by the, the bad things that happen here on earth. But if you lose that eternal perspective, if you forget that it's not all about the here and now and it's not all about you, those problems are going to tend to overwhelm you. Paul says that these little troubles, he calls them, are getting us ready for an eternal glory that will make all our problems seem like nothing. Can you imagine? Can you believe that he wrote these little problems 
Are we still talking about the same guy that we just read about that says that he endured beatings and nakedness and shipwrecks and prison and hunger? It's the same guy that wrote this. Why, why did he do that? Because he had eternity in mind. All of that stuff seemed little to him compared to that eternity that he was seeking. He had an eternal perspective. And then Paul goes on to say, so we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. Folks, because of God's mercy, you're called to a ministry. You're called to be you. God made you. You're called to promote Jesus, to, meaning you have to make it all about him. You're called to serve others. That's what we are created. That's what we gather as a body of believers because we all play different parts so that together we can make up the body of Christ. And, to, and we are called to eternity. This is not the end for us. This is just practice. It's the beginning. But if you haven't heard anything this morning, let me just tell you what the bottom line is that we're trying to tell you about through this series and through this message. The bottom line is this, that because of his mercy, that no matter how bad you failed or how often you failed or how long you felt God at a distance as you pursued your own pleasures, God can and God will use you. Because like we just learned in Paul's life, if God can use Paul with this past, God can use anybody. And I'll remind you again that if God can use me, folks, he can use anybody. So I want to leave you with a question this morning. What is holding you back from letting God really use you? And the more important question this morning, if God can use anybody, why not you? That means that you have to be all in. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful for your word this morning. Father, as Paul reminds us that you have a ministry for us, you have a purpose for us. It's, it's a plan to serve others. It's a plan for eternity. It's a plan you create us as individuals, as unique beings, Father. And I just pray that as we read your word, that all of us in this room would be able to plant that into our hearts. That no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've done, Father, your word tells us that if we come to you and we repent, that you are faithful to forgive us, Father. That you are faithful to do even beyond that and just take us in and embrace us just as we are, just who we are, and start to show us what a perfect plan and ministry that you have in store for us. And if God's word has been speaking to you this morning, I just want you to say this prayer in your heart and just say, Father God, Lord, I'm all in. I choose today to stop living just for me and instead offer myself to start being used by you. Father, I'm all in. Lord, and as people pray that, I just pray that, Lord, that they would walk out of different people as a result of just praying that prayer in your heart, Father, and that you would be with them the entire rest of the way. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.